Good morning. Welcome to Calvary. We're so glad to see every single one of you. We're so thankful for every single one of you online. Hey, I'm Pastor Noah. I'm the pastor to students here at Calvary. And uh, I just want to tell you for a moment about what we did this weekend. You might be looking around and, and going, what are all these shirts that random people are wearing? I don't know what's going on. So this weekend we did an event called The Weekend for all of our kids and all of our students. And it was full of Fun activities, worship time, just some awesome stuff happened. But the biggest thing that happened, are y'all ready for it? I'm going to tell you the biggest thing out of the whole weekend that happened is um, we had at least two people who decided to make a decision for Christ, and we're talking about baptism. Isn't that awesome? Let's praise the Lord for that. I mean, truly a weekend of so many blessings. Um, And I'm just so grateful that... Uh, that we're part of a church family that allows these kind of opportunities for kids and for students. Um, Really, just that we can be grateful that we can meet even here on Sundays and worship our God. Isn't it awesome just together to get together and worship, to hear God's word, to pray, all of those things. It just, it has me in this mood, I think, because Thanksgiving this week where I'm just going, man, we are just so blessed to be here, aren't we? We're so blessed to be here, and um, it's a, a great way to segue really into what we're talking about over these, um, these last couple weeks and this week and next week, which is how we can become better in our faith. We've talked about some important things so far. We've talked about Thanksgiving. Man, what a powerful truth of how we can be thankful in our faith. We've talked about gratitude. Man, what a, what a powerful truth that we can be grateful And today we discover the topic of really what it means as a believer in Christ to be blessed. What does it mean to live that blessed life? To live a life where I can say, man, I truly am blessed by God. We're going to discover that through scripture. We're going to talk about what blessed means, what blessing is, and how each one of us can go forward from this place knowing that we are so blessed by God to be where we are today. Before we do that, I want to pray. I want to ask God to bless us as we speak and talk this morning. So let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for this moment that we have to know you, to praise you, and to study you through your word. God, I pray that you would speak this morning to each person. You personally would speak to every single person watching this online, who's watching this in the room. I pray that you would speak to all of us, Lord, because we need you. Above all else... God, we need you today. It's in Jesus' name I pray, and all God's people said, amen. All right, what does it mean to be blessed? What does it mean to be blessed? I want you to go and start thinking about it in your own mind. What does it mean that I am blessed? We we say that word, or we use that word. We talk about blessings that God gives us, but you know there's some of those words in our Christian faith that we use them, but we don't necessarily know the depth of what they mean. We just kind of say them a lot, and we hear people say them a lot, and so we kind of say them because everybody else says them. You know what I mean? I think we have some words like that, and I think saying um, blessings, and blessed is another uh, one of those kind of words. So let's talk for a moment about what it means to be blessed. I mean, if you, if you take it at its root, really we're talking about um, favor. Uh, we're talking about being fortunate, and really we're talking about a recipient of Many, many blessings. Recipient of many, many blessings. And so in your own life, as we begin, I really want to ask you a question. Do you believe that you are blessed today? Do you believe that you are blessed today? I want you to, we already got a lot of yeses. I think that's great. Praise the Lord. 
But today, what I would love is that each one of us walk out and realize how truly blessed we are to be in Christ. How blessed we are, not just with the things that we have, but who we have. Who keeps us, who knows us, and who, regardless of any circumstance that goes on in our life, he's got us in his hand. That's what I want today. So um, we're going to talk about, you know, what does it mean to be blessed according to Scripture? What does it mean according to the Bible? And there, there are a few ways that the Bible describes what it means to live the blessed life. You know, in the Old Testament, um, blessing is really described a lot of times in terms of blessings on a family or a nation or people or land or all of these things. Um, the people in the Old Testament, man, they were praying and asking God to bless their nation, bless their people, bless what they were doing, all of these things, and help to cause them to succeed. And that's kind of like the Old Testament focus as far as blessing goes in a lot of ways. In the New Testament, though, it kind of reframes blessing a little bit. It kind of further explains it. It doesn't um, go opposite to what the Old Testament says, but it adds an extra dimension. And Jesus and the disciples, the apostles in the New Testament, they add this idea into blessing of like spiritual blessing. But yes, there's this physical side that um, we want our life to prosper and we want to have our daily needs and we want to have good relationships in our life and all of these physical things. But there's also this spiritual dimension that God has given us that the spiritual blessings he gives us far outweigh anything we could get in our life. Far outweigh anything that any one of us could receive in our life. And as we think about blessing, we, we can think about it in terms of that Old Testament thinking of success, prosperity, daily needs, all those things. But also, I think, we need to give some attention to the blessing that we have outside of our circumstances that's spiritual, that each one of us can walk out of here and say, man, I am blessed. It doesn't matter what's going on in my life. I'm truly blessed because I know the creator of the universe, and he's got me in his hands. I mean, we're, we're so blessed but so many times, you know, we just go through our life, we get busy. All of us do. We get busy and we forget about the fact that, man, no matter what circumstances in front of us, in the right here and now, no matter what I face tomorrow, because of Jesus, I'm more blessed than I could ever deserve. That's where we stand today. Um, a few verses in the New Testament that talk about blessing. This is pretty interesting. Luke chapter 6, verse 22, it says this, Blessed are you when people hate you. When they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Now, that doesn't sound like blessing, does it? <laughs> he said, Jesus said, hey, guess what? If people hate you, you're blessed. Now, that doesn't make any sense. Not any sense at all. But again, spiritual blessing. Think of it in that way. You're blessed because you're persecuted for my name's sake. And get this, not every reward that you get is on this earth. There are some rewards in heaven that are far greater than the things that we most deeply desire and want on this earth. And so Jesus says, hey, if you're persecuted for me while you're on this earth, guess what? There's a heavenly reward that you can't even understand that's coming to you, that makes it all worth it all. Matthew 5, verse number 11. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Man, when people are on your back because you're following Jesus... Jesus is saying, yeah, on this earth, it may give you some disadvantage, but in heaven, you're storing up reward. Isn't that good news? I think it is. Ephesians 1.3, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with, get this, every spiritual blessing in Christ. Praise be to God who's blessed us with 
every spiritual blessing because of who? Because of Jesus. And that's what we talked about in the weekend. That's what I want to tell you today. Because of Jesus, no matter how you feel right now about your circumstances, because of Jesus, no matter what, God has given you every heavenly blessing imaginable because of him. And that's good news today. So blessing isn't just about our success in this life. It's also about these spiritual blessings that we receive that help us to live the blessed life outside of our circumstances. Because get this, all of us have gone through difficult moments in our life and all of us are at some point going to in, in the future. Some of you right now are walking through intense seasons where you may not feel like you're blessed at all. And what I want to tell you is blessed doesn't mean everything I do is successful in this life. Now that, that is part of it. Success is part of blessing. But there's a sense to blessing that's about this intense spiritual heavenly reward that God gives us that makes everything that we go through in this life worth it all. And so um, I want to read uh, a few verses. This isn't our main passage for the morning, but um, there's this passage in Matthew 5. We actually just read one of these verses that talks about what the blessed life looks like. And I just want to give you one more example of how Jesus turns what the world thinks it means to be blessed on its head. The world may say you have to have this much money to be blessed. Jesus turns it on its head. The world may say you, may, you must have these specific possessions in your life to be blessed. Jesus turns it on his head. Matthew 5, 3 through 12. It's this familiar passage in the Sermon on the Mount called the Beatitudes, okay? So I'm going to read it over you. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the gentle, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you, and this is the verse we read earlier, when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me, rejoice and be glad, because you know why? Because your reward in heaven is great. Rejoice and be glad. Jesus what are you talking about? When someone is persecuting me because of my faith, I'm supposed to be happy about that? Jesus says, yes, you should be happy, because guess what? This difficult moment right now doesn't compare to what I have for you in heaven. It doesn't compare in the least. And that's an important thing for us to, to think about and, and to realize that no matter what we go through in this life, the ultimate blessing is knowing God and this eternity that we have with him. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great. For in this same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So what is blessing? Brings us back to that beginning. Yes, physical. Yes, I, I think we're going to talk about through um, this, this time today about um, physical blessings and how we should really think about those in, in terms of our relationship with God, but also spiritual heaven, our reward with him. No matter what we go through, man, we have something so much greater than anything we could receive on this earth. All right, we're going to talk about three things that we need to know in order to understand what it means to live a blessed life here on earth. Because guess what? There's this tension right now, okay? So we who know Jesus, we know we're waiting on him to come back because we're, we're ready for that heavenly reward. But at the same time, he's waited for this long, and so we know that there's a potential that 
he might weigh longer. And so um, we have this life on earth. And so we have this tension where we're like, okay, Jesus is coming back. So, man, I, I need to live and I need to be ready. And I don't need to worry about earthly blessings. But at the same time, you know, there's this sense that he has waited for a while. He may wait a little longer. And so um, I do need to take care of these earthly things. And so what we need to do to understand really what it means to be blessed in this life, there are three things that I want to talk about today that I think help us understand what it means to live that life. And before we do that, I want us to uh, read a passage that this um, just kind of worked out, basically. A passage that we actually went through a couple weeks ago in our 9 a.m. Bible study hour. So if you've been in our 9 a.m. Bible study hour, our gospel project, it's been so cool. And the, the neat thing is in that, we're going through the entire Bible, the entire story of the Bible. And so as we continue to go in that 9 a.m. hour, guess what? More and more passages are going to pop up on Sunday that you've studied already at 9 a.m. It's going to be really cool. This is one I was like, man, if I'm talking about blessing, I have to talk about this passage. I mean, I just have to. And it matches up exactly with what we've been talking about in Gospel Project. So I think the Lord works it all out together. All right, Genesis 12, verses 1 through 3. If you want to turn there in your Bible, we're going to read Genesis 12, verses 1 through 3. Genesis 12 talks about um, the story of a man who's very important in the Old Testament, and really a man who his example is very important in the New Testament. And that man is Abraham. Now, Chapter 12 brings us kind of earlier in the life of Abraham. So um, God does some crazy stuff in his life, changes his name. His name was Abram, and his wife's name was Sarai. He changes the name to Abraham and Sarah because of some awesome things that he's doing in, in their life. And so basically, we catch Abraham in this moment at the front end of his relationship and promise with God. So let's all read together Genesis 12, verses 1 through 3. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to a land which I will show you. And I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. And the one who curses you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. Let's spend another moment in prayer just asking God to help us to understand his word as we read it. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you give it to us so we can understand the way that we should go in this life. And I pray as we read it today, we'll understand it and know more about who you are. We love you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, Genesis 12, 1 through 3. So God comes to Abram, not Abraham yet, Abram, and he says, Hey, I got a proposition for you, Abraham. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go. It doesn't say where. He just says go. Now, if anybody comes to you and says, hey, go, what do you automatically think? Where? You know? Well, God says go, and um, I'm not really going to tell you, but um, just start going, and as you go, I'll kind of tell you where you're supposed to go, okay? So that's a big faith step, right? So Abraham's here with his family, with all of his servants, with all of his animals, with all of his earthly possessions, and God just said, hey, pack it up, we're leaving. A crazy faith step that he asked Abram to take. Go from your country, your relatives, your father's house to the land that I will show you. And what God does is he promises Abram three things. Three very important things, and these are very important things throughout all of Scripture. The first thing that he promises Abram is that he would become a great nation. He would become a great nation. The only problem was Abram didn't have any kids. So immediately Abram says, okay, God, so you say I'm going to become a great nation, 
but then I look at my family and I don't have any kids. So how am I supposed to become a great nation if I don't have any kids? You get what I'm saying? Um, and so immediately Abram gets this promise from God that's miraculous and going to need to be miraculous in his life because he and his wife have been trying to have kids for a long time. They can't have kids. And so he first promises, Abram, I'm going to make you a great nation. The second thing he promises is, I'm going to give you a land. I'm going to bring you to a land, and that place is going to be your family's home forever. That's the second promise. And the third promise is the one that we're really going to focus in on today, and that is that I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to bless you so that you will be a blessing to all nations. And make sure you catch that. Sometimes we, we want to sit on the front end, right? God says, I'll bless you. But no, hold up a little more. I'll bless you so that you will become a blessing to all the nations. What does it mean to be blessed? Let's dive into understanding what it means to be blessed. Through the life of Abraham, we're going to talk about it. All right, our first thing that we need to understand to live that blessed life, to understand what it means to be blessed is this. We need to learn to focus on the blessings we have, not the blessings we want. We learn to focus on the blessings we have, not the blessings that we want. Okay? Time goes on. Abraham still doesn't have a kid. Time goes on. Abraham still doesn't have a kid. Time goes on. He and his wife are restless. God, why are you taking so long? You promised me these things. You've helped me so far, but you said I'd have a kid. You said I'd have a nation. You said I'd have a family. Time goes on. No kid. Time goes on. Abraham and Sarah are old, too old to have kids. And so Sarah comes to Abraham, and this story that really is a sad story, in the end of it, it comes along. So Sarah says, hey, Abraham, look, and this is in Genesis 16. Now Sarah, Abram's wife, had not born him a child. She had an Egyptian servant woman whose name was Hagar. So Sarah said, Abram, see now the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Please have relations with my servant woman. Perhaps I will obtain children through her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarah. God says, wait on me. I got a nation for you. Not a son, a nation for you. And, and Sarah gets impatient. And she basically says, hey, here's this woman. I want you to have a surrogate child through her. And it's going to be called mine. Okay, now here's what happens. You think the story ends well? Didn't really start well. <laughs> um, it's probably not going to end well, okay? Well, here's what happens, okay? God comes through. Who would have thought? I mean, who would have thought that if he would have just waited, that God would have come through and blessed him with the promise that he gave him, okay? I don't know who could have seen that coming. But Abraham finally gets a son, and his name is Isaac. And his name means laughter um, because of something Sarah did, but also to just show, like, how excited, man, how excited they were to finally have a kid. Like, they had been trying for so long. They finally had a kid. They were just so excited. And then Sarah looks over at this other kid and says, well, is that going to be Abram's heir or is my son Isaac going to be the heir? And the story ends poorly. The one son is sent away. A, a very bad moment, honestly. A tension point between Abraham and Sarah. And it all happened because they focused on the blessing that they wanted, not the blessing that they had. What was the blessing they had, okay? Well, they couldn't see a son, but what did they have? Did they have a promise from God? 100%. If they had focused on the promise from God and the fact that God was with them and guiding them to this new land, guiding them in their lives, if they're content with that... None of this has to happen. 
But what happens in our faith whenever we focus on the blessings that we want rather than the blessings that we have is we get ahead of God, we get impatient, we cause problems for ourselves, we get into situations we never wanted to get into, and then on the back end we say, man, I wish I would have just waited on God. But then you have to deal with the consequences of it. And in our lives, what we should do if we want to live the blessed life, I think Abraham is a great example. And let him be the example, um, not you having to go through it to find the example in your own life. Let's use Abraham as an example to know we need to focus on the blessing and the promise of God in the now and not focus on what we want. When we learn this principle, we can be perfectly in the moment, knowing that we are blessed because we know God knowing that we are blessed because we have an eternal reward and not focused on tomorrow. Here's the thing. Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to have enough to, to worry about for itself. That's what Jesus says. Jesus says, look, tomorrow's going to happen. It's going to work out, but it's going to have enough worry in its own. Why can't you just focus on today? And so my challenge for you as you think about, well, what does it actually mean or look like to focus on the blessings that I have rather than the blessings that I want is, um, what blessings do you have? This Thanksgiving week is a good time to start thinking about these things. What blessings do you have? And I want, you, I want to stretch you a little bit, not just physical blessings like um, our family, our homes, all of those things that, um, man, God has so graciously given us. What kind of spiritual blessings do you have? Um, do you have... A rightful place in heaven one day? Does that make you excited? Okay. Are you adopted into the family of God? Does that make you excited? Have you received God's grace? God deserved to punish us, but you know what? He didn't just show us mercy. That's what we talked about for the weekend. He didn't just show us mercy, forgive us, and go the other way. He said, no, I love you. I'm going to forgive you, and you're mine now. I'm going to adopt you into my family. Isn't that good? What a spiritual blessing that we have. Do we have the Spirit of God living within us because of salvation? I mean, God literally come. We talked about this song, Emmanuel, God with us through His Spirit. I mean, how many spiritual blessings do we have? How do we get past this tendency to move to the future and want to get to the blessings in the future? Well, we take Jesus' advice and we say, I'm going to worry about today. I'm going to today think about the blessings I have right now. And I'm going to let that shape my future. Jesus has got my future. He knows. He's, he's already there. God's already there. He knows what's going to happen. And so for each of us, it's this challenge for us to focus on today and the blessings that we have. And so with that, I would challenge you this week, really think about the blessings that God has given you. Really rest in them. And I know that is easier said than done for some people in some situations right now. I fully realize that. There are some people in some situations that they say, look, right now, I don't feel very blessed. But the goodness of the gospel, remember, it's not just physical blessing. It's the spiritual blessing that we have because we know Jesus. and We have an eternity to know him. I think that's good news. So the first thing we need to understand if we want to understand what it means to live the blessed life is stay in today. <laughs> Focus on what God's given you today and in the past. Focus on the blessing you have, not the one that you want. And you know what happens? The things that you want tomorrow, they get there. <laughs> you just have to be patient and wait on God. Take that example from Abraham. Don't get ahead of him. Don't get ahead of him. All right, the second thing that we need to talk about if we want to understand what it means to be blessed is this. We need to seek God more than we seek blessings. I want you to think that for a moment. Think about it. 
we need to seek God more than we seek blessings. One thing about, um, you know, it's almost the holidays, it's almost Christmas. Um, I'm very excited about that. Is anybody else excited about that? I'm not skipping Thanksgiving, though. Some people already listen to Christmas music, already got your Christmas decorations up. That's cool if you want to do that. I'm waiting on Thanksgiving, okay? All right. Um, Christmas is almost here. And one thing about Christmas at the Bolin house, my, my house, is my mom, like, one of her love languages is gift giving, okay? Great gift giver. Awesome. And what it does for her it like really makes her feel great. You know, people like that, it makes her feel great to give a really good gift. And so she goes all out. She's thoughtful. Look, we were given a date, all of, all of my siblings, all of us, we were given a date in October where we had to say, hey, this is what I'm kind of thinking that maybe I would want you to do for me for Christmas, okay? So she's ahead of the game. She's like on it, absolutely. And she loves giving gifts, okay? Imagine for a moment, I get a call this week and it's my mom. I said, hey, Mom, how are you? Um, she says, I'm good, Noah. I have a problem, okay? I have a problem. I know we do great gifts every year. That's a really big part of Christmas. But this year, we're not doing any gifts. Sorry about that, but we're not doing any gifts at all. Okay? What's my rightful response? Okay, that's great. Hey, I have a relationship with you, Mom. That's all that matters. I got a family who loves me. That's all that matters. If you can't do gifts, I don't care. It's just a gift, Right? What's the bad response? I'm not coming home. Uh, if I don't have anything to unwrap, why am I coming? I mean, you know what I mean? Like, that would be the, the wrong response. Um, and I think it's, it's this idea that when gifts are given, the whole reason for a gift is to kind of provoke love for the giver of the gift. Why does my mom give me a gift? It's not because she just wants me to open stuff. My mom gives me gifts to show me that she loves me. And in that, what happens is there's a return there, okay? So she gives a gift because she loves me. I realize her love for me, and I give love as a return. It's nothing owed. It's not like I owe love in some way, but it's inspired love. It's provoked love. That's the whole point of the gift. And if, if we care more about the gifts than the giver... I think we're in the wrong here. What's the most important thing? It's my relationship with my mom. It's not those presents. And in our faith sometimes, because life gets hectic and we have real needs and real challenges, sometimes we value what God gives us more than God himself. And for each of us to learn and understand what it means to be blessed, we have to know the most important thing in my life is not the thing that God gives me, it's who God is and who I am in him and who I am in relationship to him. I am his child. That's important and more important than anything he can give me. Um, we have the song that we sing in youth ministry and it says, um, more than anything that you can do, I just want you. More than anything you can do, I just want you. If the bottom drops out of your life, will you still praise God? If the bottom drops out of your life, will you still follow him? It's a legitimate question because here's the thing. If you lose everything, if you have nothing in this life, you still have everything in Jesus. You still have everything, more than you could ever need. What did that verse say? Praise be to God who gives us every spiritual blessing through Christ Jesus. And so we need to learn to seek God more than we seek blessings. Matthew 6, verse number 33. You know, Jesus is talking to his disciples, and they're saying, hey, I'm not sure about, like, 
clothes and food and all this stuff. And they, they were kind of just worried because, you know, the disciples, they just kind of left and they started following Jesus. And so they left their jobs, they left everything. And so they were like, Jesus, how do we know what we're going to eat? <laughs> how do we know that we're going to be able to afford clothes? Like, how do we know all this stuff? And Jesus, that's the passage where he says, you know, worry about today. Tomorrow's going to be enough. But Jesus also says something very good here. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Okay? There's a time thing there, right? Seek first the kingdom of God, and then all these things will be added to you. So which do we do first? We seek God. The most important thing in our life is not that God's given us things. It's that we're seeking after God and wanting to be a person after his own heart. And so, I just want to ask you, where are you at, not in what you are doing for God, going to church, giving, serving, all those things. Where are you at in your relationship with God? How much are you talking to Him? How much are you talking to Him on a day-to-day basis? How much are you um, spending time in His Word, understanding who He is? How much are you seeking after Him? Because get this, there is an order. And the order is, first, I seek the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness. And then, you know what, everything else, it kind of just works out. That's what it says, all right? So, you have a problem in your life? Guess what? Maybe the first thing you need to do today is you need to get before God on your knees and you say, hey, God, it's been a while. It's been a while. Let's talk. (laughs) Um, I just want to talk to you. I, I don't want anything from you. I just want you. More than anything you can do, the song is called Nothing Else, more than anything you can do, I just want you. We need to recognize God as the blessing and true reward of our lives. Psalm 34, 8, this is a good verse. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. We serve a good God, don't we? That's why we sing. That's why we praise. That's why we gather. We serve a good God. And we need to understand that if we want to be blessed and understand rightly what it means to be blessed and know, we're so blessed because we know God. We're not blessed because of the gifts. The gifts are supposed to point us to a giver who loves us more than we can ever imagine. So how's your relationship with God? How is your seeking after God? All right, so we've talked about a couple things. First, we talked about how we need to be more focused on the blessings that we have. We need to stay in today than the blessings that we want in our future. We've talked about how we need to seek God more than we seek blessings. It's all about the giver. It's not just about the gifts. And then a third thing that we need to learn if we want to really understand our blessings rightly is this. We need to be a blessing giver, not a blessing hoarder. Okay? So there's an antithesis there. We need to be a blessing giver, not a blessing hoarder, okay? Let's go back to Abraham, all right? We got back to him. Abraham, in Genesis 12, verse number 3, what does it say? And I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. All the families of the earth, they will be blessed. In verse 2, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you, but get this, this is cool. I will bless you. And make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. So two times in this passage, God is saying, look, Abraham, I'm doing a lot of stuff for you, man. 
I'm giving you land, I'm giving you a home, I'm giving you a family, I'm blessing you. But get this, the reason why I'm doing this is so that you will be a blessing and that you will bless others. If we want to understand what it means to truly be blessed, we need to be a blessing giver, not a blessing hoarder. All right, so we just uh, we moved a couple weeks ago into our house. Um, and, you know, there's that transition period sometimes where you don't have something, you know. You don't have Wi-Fi. You don't have some, you know. So um, that's what it was for us, all right. I tried to hook it up. Didn't work. That's fine. I had like a week without Wi-Fi, okay. And um, we watch TV through like streaming stuff. We don't have um, anything other than that. And so I was kind of left to, we have some cable TV, some channels over the antennas, all right. So we got the antennas out. There we're going, all right. And there's some fun shows on the antenna. Um, one such show, old show from the Style Network, okay, they were doing this stuff where they would go into people's houses that were super junky, super junky. And they were fixing them up. They are getting all this junk out. And um, there was one where this guy in his living room, he had seven pianos. Can you imagine having seven pianos in your living room? If I came to your house and just dropped off seven, there they are in your living room, would you have any space to do anything? Not really. And he didn't, okay? Here's the oxymoron in this, okay? He has seven pianos in his living room, but because there's so much stuff in there, he doesn't have any amount to where he can play them. Isn't that interesting? Seven pianos, but can't play one. I thought that was very interesting. And in our lives, as we talk about blessing and thinking about not being a blessing hoarder and being a blessing giver, when we just kind of, give me, give me, give me, God, and I'm just going to keep this all for myself, I know you've given me a lot of grace, but I'm not giving grace to anybody. <laughs> Somebody wrongs me, nah, they're done. I know you give me a lot of forgiveness, but so help it if somebody does something to me. I'm not giving any kind of forgiveness, any kind of grace, okay? God, you've given me um, this house and these blessings and money and all this stuff. No, nah, I'm not using that to bless anybody else. Uh-uh, you gave it to me. Here's, here's the reality. What happens is it corrupts the gift itself in a way. Like the pianos, it's kind of a metaphor, okay? He has seven, but he has so many, what happens is he can't even use one. He didn't understand the value of having one. And in our lives, whenever we just hoard what God's given us, when we don't intentionally give it away, what happens is in our own lives, we become to a place where we don't even understand the blessing anymore. You let a piano sit for a while, and it sit for a while, can you play it anymore? Depends on how good you are. But the longer you let it sit, probably the more out of practice you get. And so that guy, I don't know if he could even play piano by that time because they've been sitting there for so long. In our own lives, if we just let grace sit on us and we never show it to anybody else, we lose understanding of what it is and what it's meant for. We talked about this with our students this weekend. Anything God has given us, he's given it to us for us to enjoy, but for us to give it to somebody else. Everything, all right? Because here's the thing, when we say Jesus is Lord, we write the blank check of our lives. We give him the keys, we say, Jesus, you drive my life, so you own everything, all right? I'm just kind of borrowing it. And so, my house, um, God gave me a house so that I can do what? So I can serve other people through hospitality, so I can help other people come to know him. My money, so I can bless other people. My job, so I can be an influence and a light in the city and help other people come to know Jesus. My kids, so I can teach them how to follow Jesus and help, help, help them become a light to the world. You see what I'm saying? Every single thing God has given us, he's not given it to me just for me, but he's given it so that it can go through me to somebody else. So we're just kind of extenders or reflectors of these things that God gives to us so that we can immediately give them away. 
So the question is, how good are you at giving away the things that God has given you? And hear me, I'm not talking about just money here. I'm talking about your life, the grace that you show other people, the patience that you show other people in your family, the influence and witness that you show at work and in different extracurricular things that you do in your life. How good are you at, God, thank you so much, and now you know what? I'm going to pass it along. But here's the reality. When God gives us something and we pass it along, there's a whole other blessing in that. Isn't it good to give something away to somebody else and, and see the reflection that God can be in your life whenever you see someone else come to know him? Um, it was such a blessing this week um, to get to pray, or this weekend, to get to pray with students um, and see them come to faith in Jesus. I mean, it's just such an awesome moment when the grace of God that he's given to someone is reflected to someone else. And so do this. Live your life with open hands. God's given me this stuff, but you know what? It's not going to be around forever, and I'm not going to be around forever. And so why did he give it to me? He gave it to me so that it could go through me to someone else. And specifically the gospel. God's given you the message of the gospel so that the gospel can be given to you, but go to somebody else. I'm thankful that 14 years ago, through a man named Jason Brewer, a guy who worked in road work and construction, he told me about Jesus. You know what? He could have kept Jesus to himself, but what did he do? He shared with me, and then you know what I get to do? I get to share with somebody else. I'm thankful for um, the kid, Bishop Barlow, that I had as a student when I was in Mississippi, who now, he's in Texas, and he's giving Bibles to kids in different cities, and he has his own ministry. I'm thankful to see God, how he networks, and as you give things away, how other people give things away, and overall, we all just grow. We see amazing blessings in our lives. And I want to see that for you as well. Um, can you think of people in your life that you've given things away to? God's grace, God's forgiveness, God's message, and the ripple effects that happen in their lives. I hope you can. Today, we've talked about what it means to be blessed. It's not just physical things. Look, everything can be bad right now. And you can still say, I'm blessed. Why? Who's the ultimate blessing? It's God. And what do we know? No matter what I go through in this life, Jesus said, if you're persecuted for my name's sake, rejoice. Why? you got a much greater reward in heaven. So don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about the future. It's going to get there. It's going to have enough problems of its own. Worry about today. Be blessed and be thankful and grateful in what God's given you right now so you don't miss the moment. Because what I don't want to happen is you think so much about the future that you miss right now. God's doing some stuff in you right now. He's got a plan for you right now. You may not see it. You may not feel it. You may say, God, why do you have me right here? He's got a plan. He is working. So today, what do we learn about blessing? We learn we need to focus more on the blessings we have than the ones we want. We learn that we need to seek God, the giver, more than his gifts. And we need to be a blessing giver, not a blessing hoarder. We need to be quick to extend our hands and say, hey, God, everything's yours. I'm going to give it away. Our life lesson is this. We get better in our faith. I truly believe this. We get better when we appreciate the blessings we have and use them to bless others. When we appreciate the blessings that we have, that God's given us, that God's given in our lives, and we give those away. That's how we become better, and that's how we live the blessed life. 
I hope that this week over this Thanksgiving um, moment that you realize how blessed you are. Even talking today, do you feel like you're blessed? Are you blessed? Well, get this. If you feel like you're blessed or not, if you have Jesus, you're blessed. And that's something I, I want to mention for a moment. Um, the ultimate blessing, it's, it's Jesus. It's knowing him. And so today, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, that's the most important thing that you could ever have. No matter what's going on in your circumstances, man, if you know Jesus, you have everything. The God who created the stars, the God who spoke and galaxies appeared, he loves you. He knows you by name. He knows you better than you know yourself. Man, we're so blessed. And today, if you say, you know, maybe I've gone to church, maybe I've tried to do religious things, I've been a good person, but I don't know Jesus, that's the blessing you need today. That's the blessing you need to know today. And how do we receive that? We receive God's grace when we have faith in him. For it is by grace that you are saved through faith. And it's not about works, so that nobody can boast, but it's the gift of God in Christ Jesus. If you don't know Jesus today, talk to him. Tell him that you believe that Jesus died on the cross, that he rose again. Tell him that you make him the Lord of your life, that you're turning your back on your old self, you're moving into the new, and see how he transforms you from the inside out and makes you a completely new person. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. Behold, the old has passed away and the new has come. So today, the first way you can respond is receive the ultimate blessing of grace that Jesus gives. If you haven't done that, please let one of our pastors know. As we pray at the end, pray and ask God to forgive you of your sins, to save you, to make you new. And the promise that we receive from Scripture is, He will. The second thing that I would say, a way you can respond is this. Each of us need to learn and appreciate that God, He is our greatest blessing. And no matter what's going on, we have him in our corner and there's nothing that can take that away from us. And so my challenge to you this week as we go into this Thanksgiving week is that you would spend some intentional time where you specifically reflect and you pray and don't ask God for anything and just praise him for who he is. That you would take a few minutes out of your day this week and you say, God, I don't need anything from you right now. I just want to thank you for who you are and what you've done in my life. Is that something you can do this week? Can you praise God in that way? That's my challenge to you. And I hope that this week is an amazing week where you realize, man, we are truly, we're so blessed. So why don't we spend a moment in prayer? Father, thank you so much for all that you've given us in Jesus. I thank you that no matter what's going on in our life, that there's a heavenly reward that's waiting for us. And I thank you that we can be patient even in the now with what we want you to do in our future. God, help us to focus today on all you've given us. Help us to be grateful and thankful. Help us to appreciate the blessings we have. 
And I pray that this week we'd all find opportunities to spread the things around that you have given us, to be a blessing giver, not a blessing hoarder. God, thank you above all for Jesus. Thank you that we've received his grace. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.